I wonder if they ever found that body. Body? Yeah. What body? I'll tell you later. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome to the sesh. Today, got a special guest. Freddie, introduce yourself, man. Hey, man. My name is Freddie G. I am a comedian that tries to be funny. Well, you are part. actually funny because I've seen you live. You, you've seen me? I've seen you at, at London. I, I ain't never seen you. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the back, dude. I, I usually help businesses and stuff uh, get people in the doors. So I'm a person that helps get people in the I doors to so your comedy just, shows, man. You're, you're one of those that don't want to be fucked with, so you yeah. don't sit in front. Yeah, no, no, actually, dude, <laughs> this is the weirdest thing ever because I've always wanted to be fucked with. Like, by comedians. I know it's the strangest thing in the world because yeah. you guys will go out of your way to fuck with people if they're being rude and obnoxious yeah, and stuff exactly. like that, right? Yeah. But I've always wanted to go in and then, like, I, that was always one of my things. Like, yeah, he's fucking making fun of me. Yeah, it's mm. the weirdest thing. I guess my brain works different. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> when, you, when you're a comic or whatever, I'll speak for myself. There's people that are different. Like, I won't fuck with audience members because I know you're there to enjoy the show. The only way that I'll fuck with somebody is if you're being disruptive, I got then you. I will go in until you either be quiet or leave. Yeah, I said it until you be quiet or leave. Yeah, I got you. Um, so, but if if everything's good, I, I don't. Cool. I don't fuck with anybody. So I've always been interested in, in in comedy, dude. Like I find what you all do is one of the most courageous things in the world because y'all are putting yourself up there, and it's it's like the most tedious, nerve wracking thing that I feel that you all are going up there. You're performing jokes, and if nobody fucking laughs, it like what is that feeling? Have you ever experienced that? Of course, of course. Let's touch um, on that, man. It, it's it's the way I see it is, I, I I have stage fright to this day. I still have it. I've had it forever. Um, so it, it is nerve wracking when you're looking at everybody, everybody looking at you. And there's times that I want to go up there and be like. Don't look at me. Look away. Close your eyes. Whatever. What What happens with me? Something that I've learned is that um, I choose one person. Okay. One person in the audience. I look at that person in the face the whole night. Hmm. I ignore everybody else. If I take my eyes off that person, that fear just comes right back. Huh. So it's 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 hard, but it's something that, at least me. Right. There's other people that enjoy it. There's other people. I enjoy it too, but the fear's still there. So what is it about comedy that that you're putting yourself out there that you have stage fright? What is it about that that you're willing to do it? It's one of those things where I enjoy making people laugh. We we do it for the laugh. It, it's a it's a high, bro. For me. Mm-hmm. It's I've done drugs, I've done all kind of shit, and it's beautiful. They're delicious. Don't do them, but if you do, they're delicious, you know. Um, but to me, there's no bigger high than the high of laughter. Just that energy that they bounce from you, uh, that you bounce from them, it, it's just beautiful. Yeah. There, I've, I've never experienced something like that. Or maybe morphine, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh but laughter man it's just a high it's a, it's a it's a beautiful feeling yeah it's the strangest thing in the world because um i find myself doing a lot of uncomfortable things and i've i've noticed that through those uncomfortable things that i grow a lot so i'm figuring like obviously you're doing these uncomfortable things and every single weekend and you're putting yourself out there and are you experiencing growth 
I am experiencing growth. How, well, how, let me ask you how how do you how do you know you're experiencing growth? When you any single any time that you do something over and over and over again, you're gonna get better at it. No matter no matter what it is. So what I've noticed is I pay attention a lot to when I'm performing, to like everything. I pay attention to what I'm doing, hand motions, uh, movement, my delivery. So then I, I experience the growth when I notice that every show gets better. Okay. Now, don't get me wrong. You're not always going to hit it out of the park the way you want it to. You're going to have... You know, you're, you're going to have nights that are off. But every, like I said, like we were talking off air, yeah. consistency. Yeah. Consistency is the biggest key to anything. So as long as you keep doing it, don't quit. Even when you fail, even when you bomb, even when you get booed, just come back and figure it out. And just consistency is, is the key to everything. Why is it that most people won't stay consistent? Because it's hard. It's hard to fail and want to continue doing the thing that you're failing at. Yeah. That's why I never, I'll never get married again. <laughs> never get <laughs> married again. <laughs> never. <laughs> never in life will I get married again. So let's stay on that subject then, because I feel like a lot of people well, are... getting married? I'm getting married. Oh, I'm, shit. I'm that whole married. You said nothing was <laughs> off limits, bro, so I'm going straight in, man. <laughs> so let's stay, stay on that subject, because I find it very interesting. Like, there's a lot of people that I see out there that are divorced, and that yeah. there's a lot of people that I'm I feel one of out them. there that are unhappy, too. Yeah. So kind of tell me your story, because maybe it can help somebody. Uh, the best thing that I can tell you, man, is... I don't shit on people that are married. If you're married and you're happy, do your thing. I, I wish you the best. Do whatever makes you happy. But the biggest advice that I could give somebody before they get married is make sure that that person that you're going to marry loves you more than you love them. Love them to the max. But pay attention and make sure that they love you more than you do and that you can see that. Because I will also say this. If they're a certain way before you get married, they're going to continue being the same way after. Right. So don't think, oh, they'll change when we get married. It's not going to happen. It's just, and learn to compromise. Yeah. One time... uh I had an argument with my ex-wife, and I think it was about some shoes. I don't like for you to leave this shit here. You need to put it over there. That's why it's designated. We used to go back and forth all the time. So you have to learn to compromise. Mm -hmm. So I got to one point where I just moved the shoes, and you just Are you don't say anything. Gone. It's just it's gone. Yeah. And uh, but don't let them walk all over you. Yeah, there, there's got to be a balance. Yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people are unhappy nowadays, and I think I don't know if it's because of social media. Everybody gets to see everybody living their best life on social media because yeah. people only put the good stuff on social media. Hundred percent. No, I've seen people put bad shit on. So it's like, bro, don't, 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 don't go there. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> I don't even know that shit about. Yeah, I, I've I've literally seen that. 
I've literally seen people air out all their laundry like publicly. Yeah. And that's just something you shouldn't. No matter how mad you get at that person, you have to remember at one point y'all are gonna make up. Mm-hmm. But you've already put this shit out publicly. It's always a constant reminder. And, and now the world knows yeah. that you ain't shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's why I keep everything pro- like private is, is the best way to go. Yeah, I always feel like the, the privacy on social media is like everybody feels like they have to show every aspect of their life. They're yeah. showing their kids and stuff like that. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is show people my kids on social media. Exactly. Like That's not what it's for. Yeah, exactly. See, and with me, I used to do that until my following started to grow i started to get all these likes and followers and stuff then i realized that i could no longer post personal things yeah. like I, I can no longer post pictures of my daughter yeah um you know because I, I just well there's a lot of weirdos out there exactly yeah. exactly that's what i'm saying like there's people that don't i don't know they know me i don't know them uh, I, I don't know if you're a pedophile or not. Yeah. You know? So so I've learned that I can no longer post anything personal. Yeah, it's a strange world that we live in, man. Like er- everything, everybody has a voice. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I feel like people need to get their stuff out one way or another. Well, this is the thing. This is what social media did with everybody, I feel. We all have a voice. But just because you have a voice... It doesn't mean that your voice is important. So this is what I mean. I know people are going to kill me for that comment. I'm not a doctor, right? But I know a bunch of social media doctors. You know what I'm saying? Like what I'm saying is if it's not your space, don't like there's so many social media warriors, bro, is what I call them. Like everybody got an opinion and you got to listen to me. Because I, I know what's right. Right. Like, bro, you're, you're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, they feel social media did that. It did it in the way that it, it makes you feel like your, your opinion is important, even when it's not your space. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, like stay in your lane. But even then, like, some doctors and lawyers are wrong, too. Yeah, for sure. What do you go to for, for exactly. actual advice? And that goes to another thing. And let me ask you this and get your opinion on it. I feel that there are very, very few role models out in the world. Do you see that? Of course. So who are your role models? Who do you look up to? What, what gives you that, that umph to keep going? Um... My, my uh, first of all, God, um, at a very early age, I was, God was instilled in me. I was, um, I grew up in a very conservative home, um, you know, Christian home. My mom was my biggest uh, stronghold and everything. So God was who we were supposed to emulate. Now, I get it. You, you go out, your life changes. Um, sometimes we're not as godly as we should be, but I feel that you should still try, you know? So that's why, like, that's another thing where, so to answer your question, God and my mother were, well, God's my role model. My mom was my other role model. Um, but that's why now I know that my mom would have never supported my career as a comedian. 
because okay. it was a very conservative, you know, home and everything. So I could never go to mom and be like, I want to be like Richard Pryor. I want to have a funny story. Um, I was eight years old. I was eight years old when I found out that I wanted to be a comedian. Huh. I didn't know what it was. I didn't. So at eight years old, we got uh, an actual um, cable. We had never had cable before. Mm-hmm. We had HBO, right? And at eight years old was the very first time that I ever saw Richard Pryor, uh, the comedy special, Life on the Sunset Strip. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever watched it. No, I haven't. <laughs> so, Life-changing. <laughs> yeah. So, again, we, I, we grew up in a conservative home, man. Like, like you, you could, there was no fucks, no shits, no, you couldn't cuss, you couldn't, none of that. So, um, I remember Richard came on at 10, and I had to be in bed by 9, because I got to go to school. So, what I did was, we used to have a, one of those small uh, TVs with the little antennas on top, mm-hmm. the, the one you beat on to get a picture. Yeah. Well, we had cable and everything, and... Um, well, I, so I was there, and what I did was, it came out at 10, so my parents went to sleep. They thought I was asleep. I woke up, went to the living room, and I got a big-ass San Marcos blanket, <laughs> and I put it over the, the TV and over myself. I was sweating and shit just watching it, right? And again, I'm eight years old. I don't know what a joke is. I don't understand punchlines. I don't understand anything. All I heard was the shits and the fucks and the pussies and the, and I was like, yo, I was just laughing, <laughs> but I didn't know what I was laughing at, and I was laughing and and it was then and there when I found out that I that's what I wanted to do. So then, uh, in the middle of that, I just hear, "What are you doing?" I just panicked and I dropped everything and I looked and my mom was there and she was like, what are you watching? And Richard was going off with the fuck and the shit and I was like, um, and I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget what my mom told me. She said, she said, why are you watching that? You're not supposed to watch this. And then she said, I was like, why not? Why, why can't I watch it? And she was like, you're not supposed to watch it because Richard Pryor is the devil. Wow. She never, she didn't say he's possessed by the devil. He, she said Richard Pryor is the devil. Hmm. But I was always a smart ass I, since I was a kid. So I looked at my mom and I was like, Mom, if Richard Pryor is the devil, why is the devil so funny, man? <laughs> she whooped my ass. And I slept warm that night, man. I, well, what, what is it about that, though? I, I feel like, like a lot of people are constrained, a lot of people, right? Because they don't want you to know what's out there in the world. But once you see what's out there in the world, you're like, fuck. Like, there's yeah. so much out there to experience. I feel like a lot of people, especially here in the Valley, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of people here live in a bubble. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that? Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Because you go out to like, I, I used to live in L.A. I lived in L.A. for two years. That's actually where I started my comedy career, but we'll go back to that. Um, when I'm, I was 18 when I moved to L.A., right? I moved over there not knowing the soul, not, I, I just went, right? And uh, when I started living there through these different experiences, 
I realized how much in a bubble, I grew up here in the valley, you know? So I, I realized how much in a bubble we actually lived. Like you, you saw a lot of, first of all, the diversity. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about like black and white. It was Mexicans, it was Puerto Ricans, Cubans. It was like Jamaicans and I, I, it was like a culture shock, right? Yeah. So it was just every, and then like over there, um, you could literally go and you could walk into a store or dispensary and you can buy weed. Yeah. I remember going and uh, the pharmacist, an actual real pharmacist from Walgreens, because I have back problems. I have uh, um, chronic back problems, right? So I was taking pills like Advil and stuff like that. And then the pharmacist told me, he was like, hey, man, um, have you ever tried smoking marijuana? And I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, well, you can get you a medical card and you can go to the dispensary and they can give you marijuana. And I was like, well, what you mean? He's like, you go to the dispensary. And <laughs> so I went, right? And I walked in and it looks like, a, like just a regular doctor's office. You walk in, bro, and they give you, have you ever been to a dispensary? Yeah, I have. It give you a fucking menu <laughs> with like pictures on it and shit, and it like it shows you the strand. It shows you what it does. So I go and I was like, "Let me get that." And he's like, "You need anything else?" So she comes back. She gives me what I what I asked her for, and they give you this little black bag, and I paid, and I was like, "So so I can walk out and." <laughs> and she was like, you, you're not from here, huh? I was like, nope. She's like, where are you from? And I was like, Texas. He's like, oh, I get it. I was like, yeah. I just, are you sure, man? And she was like, yeah, you're, you're fine. I, it was... Mind-boggling, man. Yeah. Let, let's stay on the topic of that because I feel like a lot of... There's a lot of closet smokers out there or a lot of people that don't just tell anybody that they there's smoke. There's a lot of closet everything, man. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> I feel like uh, weed for some people, it doesn't do anything to to ruin their life. It doesn't... It's like alcohol for me, I had to give it up uh, because yeah. I, I found out during COVID, I was drinking all the fucking time. Yeah. And it just... I saw that it was just detrimental to my life and I just kept... I, I would spend so much money on alcohol every single day out of me, habit yeah just because too. i was like all right let me drink a beer yeah. and then it would turn into six eight yeah, twelve whatever exactly so at one point when i started my health journey i was like alcohol really doesn't do anything for me anymore all it did was make me hungover yeah. sleep late lazy i'd ignore the people around me yeah. i didn't even remember the times that i was having that night so it was like it made no sense to me. Yeah. And I found that like through marijuana, I smoke, I feel like I'm a better human being. And yeah. it does absolutely nothing for my productivity because I'm still doing things and I'm still achieving success. And I feel like it's a, it's a thing that people look back at and like it's a bad thing. Yeah. You're not supposed to do this. It's just the stigma, man. The stigma that, you know, everybody is bad. Again, I, I was grew up in a conservative home marijuana are you are you definitely not but once you actually get out and you actually experience you know like deal with it you know like yeah i get it marijuana is a drug i'm not gonna say it's not right. but it's just like i tell people tylenol is a drug too yeah but when you get a headache 
you, 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 there's no problem popping a pill. Right. And nobody says that. So I, I, all I, I'll put it like this. If you don't smoke, I'm not saying you should smoke. I'm not going to condone you into doing something that you, you don't normally do. But for the people that do smoke, um, there's really nothing wrong with it as long as you do it responsibly. Right. Something that I hate is, like you're saying right now, people that um, because you smoke, you're automatically lazy. Right. And what I tell them is like, bro, if you smoke and if they're lazy... They were lazy before smoking. That's true. Like, it's not... That didn't change with marijuana. Don't blame that shit on weed. Yeah. Because I know some of the most productive people in the world, and they smoke every day. Yeah. Snoop got, like, 50 jobs. <laughs> so, I mean... But it, it's, it's just the stigma that the media has attached to it. Yeah, and, and it's stuck for years and years, especially here in the Rio Grande Valley, because yeah. I, I would say there's like a, a, over a million Catholics here in the Rio Grande Valley. So automatically, if you say the word marijuana, it's just labeled bad. Yeah. Let's jump to another topic. Uh, we're talking about health earlier. You started lifting weights. Um, well, started and lifting weights. Is, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did, man. I did because... Um, I, I noticed I noticed that um I you ever just sit down and you're sitting down and you're out of breath? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? I'm not doing anything. And I'm I'm not, that's when I was like, you know, I, I gotta do something. So I actually just I, I, I started going to the gym. I've been going to the gym off and on for like years. Mm -hmm. But the pandemic again, I was actually I'm not gonna lie, I was in great shape before the pandemic. Um, the pandemic fucked me up. I, I stopped going. You know, I barely just got into it, you know, like three, four months ago again to get it going. But um, I, I just started another thing. When, when I was on stage, I was on stage and I was telling jokes and I was winded and sweating. I was like, yo, I'm telling a joke. Yeah. You would have thought that I ran a marathon. Yeah. <laughs> And and it, it was embarrassing, bro. Like when when you're up there and like you're sweating, and they seeing you and your head is shiny and I don't have hair. Um, <laughs> it it was horrible, man. Like so, I was like, you know what? I have to do something about it again. Um, I have all kinds of shit wrong with me. Like I have high blood pressure. I have um, I'm not diabetic, thank God, but I have high blood pressure. I have cholesterol. Um, so I was like, I I need to get those things in check again before the doctor decides to like put me on medication right there's always for me i've always had a thing about taking a pill mm -hmm. I, I don't like taking pills so anything that i can do to to minimize that or avoid it i, I will yeah so I, I went back to the gym i started uh drinking uh, the green juices yeah. so i have uh, juices and you know um, and it's been helping a lot. You, yeah, you've noticed a difference? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've noticed a difference in my digestive system. That's what the, the first place I noticed it. I was always constipated. Mm -hmm. Bro, it feels so good to take a shit without pushing. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I was just... I just gave everybody a mental picture, ain't that? Sweet? <laughs> well, I'd have um, to agree with you, man, because this is something that that people don't really talk about. And I, I I've started the carnivore diet. I'm on day too. twenty, 
And, okay. and uh, what I was doing is I'm hitting about 200 grams of protein a day with fats, but then minimizing the carbs. So yeah. I noticed yeah. when I would take away, I, my diet is, is beef, two bananas, berries, and then more meat and eggs and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And I noticed when I wouldn't eat the bananas to go lower carb that my poop would be so damn hard. It'd be so hard to yeah. push out. Yeah. But the bananas help with everything. Exactly. So I, I think that, that having that balance of, of knowing what your body can do with the foods that you eat is one of the most important things. And you know the other beautiful thing, bro? My shit don't stink. <laughs> it's just beautiful. So you it, can now actually say, my shit don't stink, I'm man. Like, I, literally, my shit does not stink. That's another thing people don't know, man. Like, your, your shit, I, I get it. It comes out of your body. But naturally... It's not supposed to stink. The only reason that your shit stinks is because you have a really bad diet. Um, when you, your shit starts smelling, and I, I've actually asked the doctor. He was like, no, if you eat clean, if you eat greens, um, if it's high protein, it'll go. I mean, it's still going to smell like something at some point, yeah. but not horribly. So we're like, it'll clear out a funeral home and shit. <laughs> Um, but, but, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been eating clean almost as long as you have and my shit don't stink. I don't struggle to take a shit no more. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It's an interesting thing, especially for men that had, cause I'm 41. How old are you? I'm 36. So for, for men that are already over 35, I feel like every man at over 35 should be lifting weights, doing some type of cardio, eating well, because it only gets worse the older you get. Exactly. Gets. And this is the scariest thing because I talk about this all the time is um, my grandpa's 93. I'm 41. He's still active. He still exercises and he's still moving around. Yeah. And, and if I get to live as long as he does for 93, I'm 41. That's not very much fucking time at all. Yeah. So I got a lot of shit yeah. to do and I can't do it with a, a, a body that is not going to help me get to that point exactly is what i'm trying to say my my uh my grandma bro my grandma's 83 years old wow. right? but she's she's active she the only problem with my grandma is that she has severe dementia so she just forgets shit you know what i'm saying and um but she's always been active she's always um she's she's in great shape physically but it's just her mind is is not there. It's funny because I was talking to my uncle um, like five days ago or whatever, and I, I was I was out doing something and I was busy, and he was like, "Hey man, uh, your grandma's asking about you. She wants you to come over um, because I don't know what she needed or whatever." I was like, "Yo, I'll, I'll be there. Give me like two hours and and I'll be there." So then. Um, he called me back like 30 minutes later and he was like, hey, man, you're, uh, are you coming over, you know, to, to see your grandma? And I was like, bro, is she OK? Like if there's something wrong or, or she's like, no, she's fine. She, she just wants to see you or whatever. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll be there like in an hour and a half. Call me back an hour later. And he was like, hey, man, like, don't forget that you need to come over. And I was like, bro, you said she had dementia, right? He's like, yeah. I was like, well. Tell her I just left. <laughs> and he was like, you're such an asshole. Bro. <laughs> I was like, just, just, that's the solution for now. Tell her I just left. Um, so, but uh, yeah, man, I, I love my, I love my grandma to death, man. She's, uh, she's, when, when she was there fully, she was one also that 
kept me on the uh, on the straight and narrow. Um, but at the same time, like my my grandma is very blunt, yeah. like me. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I, I think I get that from her and from my grandfather as well. I'm very blunt and straightforward, even when I shouldn't be, yeah. as they say. And uh, the other day I was there with her because she, she lives with my dad. And um, that's another way that you could tell that you're getting old. Like, you ever just get up too fast? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I got up and I, I was like, and I just felt it in my back. And I was like, oh, it wasn't really bad, but I, I had to like stay, kind of just sit. I was like, okay, let me just hold on. So I'm there and I'm like, ah, and I, I, I couldn't get up. And then she was like, Mijo, what's, what's wrong? And then she was like, I like my, my back hurts. Just, she was like, do you want me to rub it? And I was like, no, just, I'm, I'm fine. Just hold on. And she looked at me, bro. She, I'm not going to lie. I love my grandma, but she pissed me off. She looked at me with a straight face and she was like, Mijo, you're so young. You shouldn't have all this pain. And I was like, and you're old and you shouldn't be alive, but we're here now. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, it's like, is it when and you, yes, so my, I, I'd said that to my grandma. <laughs> I make no exceptions. No exceptions. Hey, so when you come up with your material, how do you come up with it? Like, what's the thought process of that? It, it's 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 life, bro. Um, you've seen me on stage. Yeah. Uh, so everything that you've ever heard on stage, um, that really happened. Like it, 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 it's a real experience. The only difference is that the only thing that's not real is the punchline. It's honestly the only thing I, I, I've, I've altered for entertainment purposes. Yeah. But when I tell you that I was picked on by a dude in a wheelchair, I really was fucking picked on by a dude in a wheelchair. Like, that shit, like, really yeah. happened. Um, and and th I take all of these experiences, and I just, I, I just, it, I, I tell everybody, when you come see my show, it's just, it's my life on stage. Mm -hmm. that, that's. Um, and you're comfortable with telling it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you, you have to be, because if you're not, um, you have to be comfortable with who you are. This is what God gave you. This is what you have to work with. How did you come to that, that realization? Because I feel like a lot of people will be into their 60s and they still won't realize that. What exactly? Like they, they didn't realize like this is who I am. This is what I'm going to be. This is the best of who I will become. And then this is what I'm going to do. My, my, my grandfather... My grandfather, my, my, my mom's dad, he was the first person ever, excuse me, he was the first person ever that he never once treated me different. And he told me, you're like everyone else, you just function different. How old were you when he told you that? Um, eight, nine. So... That's where I was going. Um, my grandfather, bro, he used to make me cut the yard. And I was like, and my excuse was not, 
I'm crippled. Right. My excuse was like, bro, I'm eight. <laughs> you know I, mean? I can't see over this motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like, and then he was like, no, you press this button and you you push. I mean, he'd be walking next to me or whatever. Yeah. But like my 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 grandfather, bro, like he he never treated me um, different. So he said he said. Um, don't ever look at anybody else and try to be like somebody else. God made you this way for a reason, and you have to like embrace it. Yeah. And I just look. I was like, bro, it's easy for you to say. You're not the one getting your shit kicked out of school every day. I mean, yeah. But I, I mean, I, I just I learned. You know, I learned to take it from there, and and I, I realized that. Was it also the people that you surround yourself with? Because I feel like if you're hanging out with the wrong people and it's a, that whole thing is like, you show me your four or five friends that you hang out with and you become that extra person. Is that true? Yes and no. Yes, because you can become that person if you allow yourself. No, because you have to be strong minded enough to be yourself and you're the only one that allows you to be influenced mm-hmm. by whatever it is. I I know people, I have friends, acquaintances that are addicted to crack. I, I've, never, I've never smoked crack. I have acquaintances that are addicted to cocaine. I don't do cocaine anymore. Um, and I still... I'm around, like, not every day, right. but I still do see these people. I still do talk to these people, but it doesn't make me who they are. Right. That's their decision. I've made mine. I also come from that background. Uh, I did drugs. I was addicted to drugs. I was an alcoholic. Um, it's funny that you said you put alcohol down. How long ago? Uh, probably about a year and two months. How, how, long, how long have you been drinking? Uh, before, since I was like 18, 18 to like 40, 40 years old. So I started, I have a drink every now and then, but it really doesn't do anything for me anymore. Yeah. So I have like one and it, I can manage it now. Yeah. I think, I think what I found was the self-control aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. I, I had that same problem, which is, that's not why I quit, but I had that same problem. I used to drink every day. So I've been sober for 12 years now oh wow congratulations yeah. man thank you it's been a horrible 12 years but um <laughs> well, not focus on the negative well let know? me ask you this is is it a, is it a congratulations thing because i feel like uh and correct me if i'm wrong if if somebody quits alcohol they just didn't have the uh testicular fortitude to say no or to have some uh, self uh, self-awareness like okay let me limit myself i agree with you 1000 percent I was that person, and I'm still that person today. Like, I could never have just one beer. I, I, I had to have the whole carton. Yeah. Like, once I started, it was a wrap. And I feel like I'm still like that today. Um, I have a very addictive personality, mm-hmm. so anything that I pick up is very hard for me to put down. We go back to the working out thing. Yeah. Even with that, bro. Um, I was going, uh, once a day, every day to the gym. Um, I'm now doing twice a day. I I don't need to do it, 
but it's just I'm getting addicted to it again. It's just, it's always been my personality. I've always had a hard time to to really find that that balance. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So same thing with alcohol. I drank every day. I didn't get drunk every day, but I, I did drink. Like I did drink every day. I did drugs every day, um, and it was just very hard to be like I'm only gonna smoke one blunt today. Yeah. It bro. I, I used to carry. Um, you remember the buglers? Yeah. You, the, the rolls, you know what I'm saying? My, my grandfather used to roll those, right? So, and he used to put them in this plastic bag. I used to carry a plastic bag with pre-rolled blunts. <laughs> and I just pull them out. And, next, next, yeah. next. And yeah. I, I, I wouldn't sit there and smoke, but I, 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 w- I would smoke in my sleep. Yeah. I, w- I would go to sleep. I would set an alarm. Wow. For two in the morning, I'd have the blunt next to me. I'd wake up just to smoke and go back to sleep. By the way, that was the best sleep ever. <laughs> <laughs> that is known as addiction. That, and that's the most important thing, I, I, I feel, because me and my, my business partner were talking about that the other day, that uh, he would wake up first thing in the morning and smoke a blunt and have his coffee. And then he listened to some book. Uh, I forget what it was. And it's like it's addiction, man. You don't yeah. need you don't need to wake up. You can sleep a little bit longer and just have some better sleep. Or you think that it needs you need that to have the sleep that you need to get. But is it is it though? Because I wasn't lying when I told you, when I was asleep high, I felt like I went to, into this like deep, and and I would wake up like re-energized. I'm I'm I'm, I'm ready. Like, but I would wake up and spark again yeah i would be smoking in the shower and, and have you ever seen that one movie uh the wash with dr dre and snoop i don't think so uh he literally just woke up lights the blunt goes in the shower he has the the soap tray he uses it as an ashtray <laughs> so that that was me you yeah. know what i'm saying like um but you should you should have some kind of control i'll be honest with you I just, I, I didn't have it. Yeah. So I had to, like, I stepped away from it completely. Like, I, I can't have one. I haven't, right? But I can't have, like, one beer. I, I just, I can't do it. But I've been drinking since I was 13. Yeah. So I, I drank from when I was 13 to when I was 20, uh, 23, wow. I think. At 21, bro, I was already trying to quit. I tried quitting three times. And failed miserably, uh, relapsed. Um, the the last time around, I've been now sober for so twelve years. Twelve years, going on thirteen. So, if somebody's struggling with uh, alcohol, what what advice would you give them? Um, I, I, I'll give advice to the person going through it, and to everybody else around that person. Something you got to realize is that you gotta want to quit for you. Nobody else. That's one. Two, you have to want to quit. If you don't want to, I hate to break it to you, you're not. You have to want to do it. If you're not all the way in, it's like marriage, bro. We Mm -hmm. touched on it. If you're not all the way in marriage, it's not going to work. You both have to. Same thing with with trying to recover stay sober if you're if you're not all the way in 
it, it's just it's 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 not gonna happen. Yeah. So and to the other people around an addict, don't ever tell an addict just quit, just say no, because it's not that fucking simple. It, it it's it's not. I guarantee you that at least fifty percent of people that are addicted to hard drugs like heroin, cocaine, whatever. A lot of them, especially the older ones, I really feel like they don't want to do it anymore. They just, you just can't. And it's not that you absolutely can. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's a lot. To, because it's become such a part of your life. Exactly. Yeah. And then you, your body becomes dependent on it. The more that your body becomes dependent on it, the harder it is to like, Stray away from it or, or, or whatever. Yeah, no, and I've found that too, that uh, that we're just, usually humans are replacing one thing with another. So, exactly. for example, it's just like the drinking, okay, you're not drinking anymore, now you're smoking weed. Or if you're not smoking weed, now you're working out. Working out is another stimulus. And that's why I work out three times a week now, and I lift heavy ass weights because I've done it consistently for a year and three months without fail every single week. But I had to do that just get become disciplined exactly the only yeah. way that would ever work because now when i when i think about not doing it i miss it and yeah. i want to go yeah. and it's just this doing it consistently exactly. over time again exactly. and again and again and that's the same thing with like the diets that i go on like i'll do it consistently for a long time to until i get that discipline behind it yeah and i think that's one of the key aspects that a lot of people do is that that or won't do is that they just need to be consistent long enough until it becomes a habit yeah it, it like I was telling you earlier, it's with everything. Um, you're you're not gonna become good at anything. You know why you're con and, and a lot of people will disagree. You know why you're consistent at breathing, and why you don't lose your breath. Sure. Because you fucking do it every day. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's it's your body. No, oh, I have to breathe, right? Same thing with anything else. Water. We have to consume 8 to 12 glasses a day. A lot of people don't do that. Oh, it's nasty. I don't like it. Whatever. It's fine. And it's, it, 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 to some extent, it could be true. But I guarantee you, if you start doing it little by little, drinking water every day, you're going to get up to 12 glasses by the time you remember it. Consistency. You just have to, even if you don't like it, you have to consistently do it over and over again. And then, like you said, it, it, it becomes a part of you but I, I think as human beings for most of us especially me it's very hard to stay consistent and then aside from that we a lot of us are wired to blame everything else oh well i got a job i gotta wake up early i got this i have a daughter i have a yeah it's true i, I don't remember who 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 said this? I don't remember if it was Bill Gates or one of the billionaires. They said everybody gets the same 24 hours to hustle. Yeah. The difference is what you decide to do with your 24. Yeah. It's true, bro. I completely agree, man. It's uh, th There's so much to life that, that people are going to give power to things and other power to things. But like you literally, your words shape your reality. And I've found this, and this is the weirdest thing ever because I feel like 
when I talk about this stuff, a lot of people are like, oh, that's foo-foo stuff you put out into the world. But I found this to be true because I do it and it works every single time. Uh, the words I speak out into existence, I'm very careful about the words I speak out because I know that they will become true. So the things that I say will become true, especially if I write them down and put them out into the world. Have you experienced that? Yes, but I want to add something to that. That's true. Whatever you say will come to fruition. It will happen. You will see it. But, but this is the second most important or the most important part to that statement. You need to put in the work behind it. The action. Everybody wants to be a millionaire. Everybody wants the money. But when you ask them, what are you doing to get there? Well, I, I work a nine to five. And I tell people this. Name me one person on earth out of seven billion that has ever worked a nine to five only and retired a millionaire. One. I guarantee you, you won't find them. Yeah. Because in order to, to, to get that extra money, it's very simple. You have to put in the extra work. But if you're like, if you're just gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, well, God gonna bless me. Right. God gonna give it to me," and He He will, but you need to put the work in behind it. I mean, if you're not doing it, and 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 these things take time. Like, everybody want to be a comedian. Everybody want to be a movie star. Everybody, but they think that. You know, when they reach the level, because they see the levels of your Fluffies, of your Chappelle's, of your uh, Bill Burr's, and they think that's what it is. But there is a million Freddies that are scratching the bottom. Yeah. And you have to go through this cycle, like, of putting in the work. You can never cheat the work. Yeah. If, if you don't put in the work... You're not going to get that in return. And I get why why people fail, because it's fucking hard. Exactly. It's hard. And, and, sometimes and, and everybody wants to be comfortable, and nobody wants to be uncomfortable. As soon as you feel the slightest uncomfort, oh, fuck that. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Which I can imagine happens a lot in comedy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, I've known of people that go up on stage... They get a few laughs, and it bites you. Ooh, shit, I got it. Go back the next night, and they bomb. Oh, fuck that. I did that, bro. Mm. So going back to L.A., I actually started my comedy career in Los Angeles. <laughs> I went in reverse. Um, I started my comedy in November of 2008. as the first time I ever picked up a mic. And it was by accident, dude. Again, I have stage fright. Back then, I was heavy in the drugs. I was heavy in the alcohol. We were at a little bar, and I was with a friend, and I was there drinking. Now, mind you, I'm well into half a bottle of Jose Cuervo by now. So I'm gone. I'm there, but I'm gone. So I'm, I'm there. We're chilling, whatever. And my friend, oh, so this guy, I didn't even know. I didn't know what an open mic was. I didn't know 
performing, none of that. So this guy comes up and he's like, all right, it's that time of the night. You know, if you think you're funny, you know, come up here. And my friend was like, hey, Fred, you funny, go up there. <laughs> it's like, no, bro, don't, don't fuck with me. I'm, a, I'm enjoying my drink. I'm good. Like, go, man, you, you're funny. I was like, bro, I'm not that funny. Chill, relax. This dude gets up and he's like, him, him right here. <laughs> and then the guy was like, yo, uh, come on, bro, your, your, your friend's saying you're funny and everything. And I was like, nah, nah, man, uh, I'm, not, I'm not funny. Nah, I'm good. And then he, he literally said, all right, man, they, they have th those little spotlights. Yeah. So he put the spotlight on me and he was like, all right, man, if you don't come up here right now, we'll make this whole segment about you. Damn. <laughs> so I got up. I was drunk as shit. And uh, I went up there and I literally started to pray. Wow. I was like, God... Um, if you can, I have stage fright. My legs were shaking. I started to sweat. I was like, God, if you see me, out of, if you can help me out of this one, I swear to God, I'll be in church Sunday morning. <laughs> so I get on stage, and I was drunk, and I just remember looking at everybody. It was a small bar. Everybody was looking at me, and I remember just blurting out the very first words out of my mouth. And I said, um, I just want to make a real, a real quick disclaimer. Um, I I'm a virgin. And the whole bar <laughs> just started laughing, right? And I was like, yo, 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 hold, hold, hold on. I I'm trying to tell y'all that it's my first time doing this right here, man, <laughs> this. So I just went on. Uh, I, I, I went on. I can't even call it a set because I, I, I just remember started talking. And but I remember everybody laughing, right? So so I got off stage. It felt good. It felt weird, but it felt good. Weird, good. I don't know how to explain it exactly. Got off stage. My friend was all hype. I told you, man. I told you. So my friend went over to the manager. Not even me. And he was like, "Hey, man." Uh, how often y'all do this shit? Because my friend want to come back. He's like, we'll do it every week, whatever. Blah, blah, blah. So he told me, he was like, man, you got to come back. And I didn't even want to do it, bro, because I was like, yo, like, I, I'm not, you know. And so we, we leave. He convinced me to come back the next week, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I, I come back, go back on stage. Now, mind you, I was sober this time. <laughs> Different experience. I get on stage. I felt like I was gonna shit on myself. <laughs> like the, the 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 fear that came over me, and there was only like ten people. Oh, ten people. That was it. And I go up. Oh, so when I went back, remember, I don't know how to write a joke. I don't know a punchline. I, I don't. But I wrote something. Because I was like, you know, I'm going to come back. I'm going to hit them hard. Yeah. I want to be structured. I, I was trying to be a professional, right, according to me. So I wrote some stuff during the week, whatever, came back, got on stage, went into my first joke, silence. Went into my second joke, silence. Oh, jeez. Silence, bro. <laughs> you could hear crickets. I, I started sweating, I, I, and I, I, just, I kept going. Silence. And um, I got off stage, 
And it was the most horrible feeling in the world. I, I was like, and I was mad. And I went off on my friend. Man, fuck you. It's because of you that I'm here and I shouldn't have listened to your stupid ass. I knew that this wasn't going to be good. And then he was like, no, 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 man. Don't, don't worry about it. Dude, you just got to come back. You, you just got to, you know, go back and write. Now, keep in mind, my friend was not a comedian. He's not a comedian. He doesn't know anything about that. <laughs> he was a drug dealer. That, that's, that's what he did, you know. But he was like, yo, you got to come back and you, you got to write some shit and you got to figure. And I was like, nah, man, fuck you. I shouldn't have listened to you. And I, we're, we're literally arguing in the middle of Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> we're like arguing, going back and forth. And he was like, I, I shouldn't have listened to you. And then I remember he yelled at me and he was like, you got to stop being a bitch and just go back and figure it out. He's and he told me again, keep in mind, he's he wasn't a comedian. He was like, the problem was that you didn't tell him anything. And I was like, what do you mean? They don't know who you are. They don't know where you're from. They don't know anything about you. You went up there and you said a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Go back write something but tell them something about you and be yourself that's what he told me and and i did i went back um i i, I wrote again again i don't know no structure i don't know any, any way of writing anything um but i thought i i wrote what i thought you know would work but i never forgot that he was like, tell them something about you yeah. and be yourself. So I just started writing these stories, right, about me. And I went back second time around. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I wasn't as funny, but I never forget. I managed to get three solid laughs. And that's when I knew. I was like... I'm onto something. Yeah. And then it bit me. I was like, I can do it. And I've always been a writer. Like, I've written a book. Um, I've written stories. Uh, and, and I've always been a writer. So I can write. It's just writing and being funny. Yeah. And then combining them. And then performing that. Yeah, they're all different it, things. It is a whole different animal when you have to put them together. Yeah. And, like, that's the that's the, the difficult part. So if it had not been for your drug dealer friend, you would have never been a comedian. Exactly. <laughs> wow. No, no, no. And there's more to that story. But, but, um, but yeah, like, that's exactly right. Had it not, he was the first one in my life that I can tell you, he believed in me more than I believed in myself. Wow. He was like, bro, you can do it. You just, and I remember telling him. <laughs> I was like, well, so why don't you do this shit if it's so easy? <laughs> He's like, man, I don't know how to do this shit. I got just, and he literally told me. I'm, this was like the sad part of that conversation. I remember him telling me. Because he had been dealing drugs for like ever, right? And um, I remember him telling me, I was like, look, bro, 
Uh, I've been on my own since I was 14 years old, and everything I ever gotten, like I gotten on my own, and he literally said, he was like, drug dealing is the only thing I ever picked up, and I was ever good at. He was like, I worked for McDonald's for a week, and I got fired. Um, and he told me that, but he's like, you, and he told me, he's like, but you have something where you have the ability to make people laugh. Yeah. He's like, you have to use that to your advantage. Yeah. And he was the one that, that like put me onto that. And, and that's how I actually, that's how I got started. Yeah. Some people will see more in you than you see in yourself. It's a, it's a very interesting thing. Um, let me ask you this question before we finish out the podcast. How do you view time at your age? How do you view time now going forward? Um, I view it as I have this thing where I feel like I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time through my drug use, through my drinking, through my... There was years that I didn't do shit. I was just living. So now... At the point that I, where I'm at now, with all the shit that I know, I feel like I'm on a race against time. Because I could be here today, but I could be gone tomorrow. I mean, hopefully not, but that's the reality of it. So I feel that at the space where I'm at now, I'm older, and I'm only going to get older. So it's kind of downhill from here. So I only have so much time, time that I don't know how much it is, to, to accomplish whatever it is that I need to accomplish. So the thing that sucks is that I just realized this like five years ago. But had I known the shit that I know now back then, I would have, I you know, gotten a jump on it. Yeah earlier i tell everybody man it's not it's not just with comedy it's like had i known about investing when i was 18 i would fucking be a millionaire by now Mm -hmm. there's a story that i read online just to give you perspective uh people that invent that invested ten thousand dollars um in in amazon in 96 they would have 15 million today. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll bring you closer to not that long ago. People that invested something like 20 grand into Uber mm-hmm. when it got started would be millionaires by now. You know what I'm saying? So had I known all of that, had I been educated, and that's the problem that I have with school. You know what I'm saying? Everybody tells you, go to school, go to school. You want to be somebody, go to school. It's not for everybody. It's not, man. And and just because somebody doesn't go to school, you can't label them a failure. Right. I was told that my whole life. I was told, if you don't go to school, you're not going to be anybody. They told me like that. Um, so so th- there's just different ways. It's just you need to come into the information earlier and and that's what that's something that i disagree with school i mean i don't know if they do it now because i haven't been in school in years but i wanted school to show me teach me about investing Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying about interest rates you know something that i i I wish 
that the school would have taught me fucking taxes bro oh yeah for sure when i got my first fucking check <laughs> i was like what is this shit <laughs> and my uncle was like oh man well you know you 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 gotta pay uncle sam i was like who who the fuck is that <laughs> he never been to any of my christmas parties i never got a present i, I wish they would have shown me taxes bro yeah you know you know what i did fucking learn in school 1A plus 2B equals 3, 5B. <laughs> I haven't used, used that yeah. my whole life. Yeah. You know? But um, that, that's, what I, that's what I wish. That's where I see, like, I see myself. With the things that I do, like, you can't, like, rely on the past. You can't dwell on the past. So it's just with what, you, what I do know now, move forward and try my best to accomplish what I thought that I would have accomplished by now yeah. had I had I known. Yeah. There is a, a ignorance tax that people pay, and it's kind of a shitty thing, but the, if you do not go out of your way to learn new skills, yeah. to learn new things, just to put yourself out there and just learn about what's going on in the world, you're going to pay the ignorance tax, and sometimes it takes at least 10 years, 15 years, by the time you figure out, fuck, I could have done that so long ago. And I always talk about skill stacking because this is what I've been doing is uh, with my studio and my digital agency is I, I find skills that are relevant around what the main thing is what I do. So, for example, like digital marketing. So I'm a, I'm a certified digital marketer, but I also learned video skills. I learned editing yeah. skills. Yeah. I learned advertising skills. <laughs> they all bring back into a skill structure where you're able to increase your knowledge, increase your, your capability to earn more. And I feel like that's a lot of things that people won't do is they won't invest in themselves. Yeah. Is yeah, that exactly. something that you see? I, I, I see it a lot with myself, too. But you know why? Our biggest problem is that we're wired into thinking now. Mm -hmm. Like, if I, if I show, that, that, that's why I believe the majority of the people, they're stuck in a nine to five. Because it's the security of knowing. It's the security of knowing as long as I show up to this fucking building, yeah. I don't fuck up, I'm going to get a check on Friday. Well, that's I, not even true the case anymore because people I find that now you do a really good job and, and you, you this is a, I heard this the other day that he got employee of the year in December and in January they fired his ass. Exactly. <laughs> that, that's where I was going to go. That, that was how I was going to cap that statement. Um so we we're, we're we're groomed to believe this shit you show up to work you don't fuck up you you get a check on friday and it's that security but with the world changing and you not evolving like you're evolving into video and i gotta know video i gotta know editing i gotta you know um you're leaving the destiny of your financial situation in somebody else's hands yeah. so at the end of the day, these conglomerates that run these companies, like you said, they could come and be like, yo, I don't need you no more. Yeah. And now that check that you were securely receiving on Friday is not there anymore. And if you don't know what else to do, if you're not versed, if you don't know video, if you don't know audio, if you don't know, you could be a great marketer. But if you don't know how to use those skills to your advantage, 
that does nothing for you. Yeah. So I've also learned that you have to be, uh, you have to try to be well versed yeah. in case one door closes while well, I can look at another one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think, I, but it goes back to like, like a lot of people, especially like our older generation, generation like like me, uh, you, like you know, especially when you have immigrant parents and stuff like that, like they weren't brought up on this game either. Right. Like billionaires are teaching their that to their kids, but because that's what they know. Yeah. But when they, when when your background is not from that, it's 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 difficult. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, man, it, it, it's I, I wish that that, you know, people, schools or whatever the case may be would get you better prepared in that. Give me teach me something that I can use over and over in life. Yeah. And the best way to do that is uh, if you find somebody that's doing what you love, doing what you even if it's comedy or doing business, go yeah. out of your way to figure out how to help them to add value to them. Because if you don't add value to them, then you're no use to them. Exactly. So I, I found that to be the one most strangest things like people want things to land in their lap and it just does not work. Exactly. Like they're not willing to put in the work. You, you, you have to put in the work. Nobody's going to have it to you i've i've fell you know victim or whatever to to that too it's like nobody's gonna make like me i don't have a manager i don't have an agent i don't have any of that shit anything that i i i, I get any show or whatever with the graces of other people and my networking connections and stuff like that um, I've been able to get into places, but this is me hunting these things down. If I don't do that, you know, ain't nobody going to bring me. Yeah, you'll literally be sitting on your couch. Exactly. And, and, and it, it's up to us to put in that work and, and that, that consistency. Now, not to shit on the people that actually did open doors for me and stuff like that. Like I, I'm, I'm indebted to like Raymond and Mario, uh, because when I came back down here to Texas, I didn't know where to continue with what I was already doing and whatnot. And I, I, I you know, luckily I, I, I was able to run into Mario. We built this this friendship and this relationship. And, you know, he's opened uh, a lot of doors for me and, and he's given me opportunities. Uh, Raymond, uh, uh, Raymond Orta has also given me a lot of opportunities. And and we also have to be grateful for that. But that's also part of like the networking. Yeah. And it's a great thing that you said right now, like uh, when you network with people and and you have a skill that I don't. Right. So so how is it that I can help you with your skill and your skill help me? And and um, that's that's one of the most valuable currencies that I've learned. The, the relationships are currency. Yeah. And that shit that a lot of the times you can't buy. Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you're a politician and a billionaire, yeah. that's a different story. But other than that, like organic relationships those are prices, man, and those those are what really opens like the doors for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And but it goes back to the same thing: you have to be consistent. Anything that you're not consistent with, it's just it's you're not gonna see it. You can't go do one, two, three shows or whatever, and then go back home and sit 
and be like, oh, I, I done now. I just you know wait. It's it's a never ending thing. So that that's the last thing that I want to say on that. That's why now I encourage people to do what you're passionate about and what you love, because if you do see anything just for the money, I guarantee you that it, it, it's it's gonna it's gonna drive you crazy and it's gonna make you miserable. I do comedy and I walked into comedy because it's what I love to do. And for all the people that think that. Uh, just because you see me on stage, you shouldn't see me do these shows, and I'm still broke. I, I'm I'm still I'm still broke. Um, there, there's no like. So I the only reason I say that is because if you think that within comedy or within being a podcaster, yeah. a YouTuber, there's thousands of us. So it like it's not a quick bag. Yeah, to prove your points, I got paid $5.35 for thousands of views that I put on YouTube. <laughs> That's exactly my point. But but with the marketing thing, so so perfect example to that. But with the right marketing, um, sponsors. Yeah. Spo- you know what I'm saying? So with me, I make money from shows. Sometimes I can't even get motherfuckers to show up. So I can't just rely like on ticket sales or whatever. Um, so shopping sponsors, sponsors for shows, sponsors for, you know, digital shows, yeah. uh, live shows, whatever. That's another way of, of, of getting more, uh, a bigger bang for your buck, as they say. Yeah. But again, it goes back to the same, to the currency of relationship. You, you can't get these things if you don't work your way into relationships with other people that, you know, have it and, and whatnot. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, man. Uh, so before we finish off the podcast, uh, let everybody know what's coming up, man. At this very moment, uh, the only thing I see coming up is a meal because I'm starving. <laughs> um, I, I do intermittent fasting, bro. Same here, man. Yeah. I, I fast till like 12, from 10 to 12. Nah, I, I, I do 10. What do you mean? From 10 p.m. at oh. night to 12 p.m. the next nah, day. I do it from 8 p.m. To 1 p.m. Sometimes too. How long is it? How many hours is that? Eight, 18, I think. 18, I yeah. Know, I, was, I was in special ed, bro. So yeah, <laughs> I was doing about 18 at one point, but yeah. I was like, nah, I, I'm getting a little hungry now. So yeah. Yeah. I found that too. How, how's it, how does it feel? It, it's, it's, so I was going to tap into that real quick. The mental clarity, bro. Yeah. That, I, I was going to tap into that with uh, being sober. So being sober all these years. And now with like the, the carnivore diet and the intermittent fasting, the mental clear, like mm-hmm. I can think. Yeah. And I know a lot of people say, well, we all think, no, but you don't get it. Before I was like in this mental fog, like everything was slow and it's fucked up. I have cerebral palsy. So with me, everything is extra slow already. But when I started to clean up my diet, when I started to work out, when I started to do these things, uh, getting sober, like the the mental clarity, and you know uh, fasting, it's the same thing. Your your body is not wasting all that energy on digesting food, yeah. so it it sets the energy everywhere else that your body that your body needs it. So uh, yeah, and I'm I'm a lot more agile too. Yeah. Like the the cardio, mm-hmm. I do cardio fasted. 
Yeah. Have you ever done? Yeah. Fa- okay. I, I used to lift weights fasted and do cardio fasted, and then I get lightheaded. Yeah. When I do when I do weights fasted, I I can't do it. I don't know if it's just me or not. Cause mid mid workout, I get lightheaded. Yeah. But I like doing uh, fasted cardio uh, because I feel like I have a lot more energy. Yeah. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel there's nothing in my stomach. So I try to do that in the morning at five. I get my I get my cardio in, um, and then from there I'm 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 ready to go. So. Yeah, it's an interesting thing fasting. Uh, w- the the mental clarity that comes with it and the the focus too. Because I found myself that I can focus on things longer. Oh yeah, exactly. Have you experienced that? Too? Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I'm even noticing it now here doing this interview with you. Um, I have ADD and I'm dyslexic, right? Um, so ADD. Basically, very long story short, you either pay too much attention to detail or not enough. So a lot of the times when I talk to people, and I I get it, y'all call me an asshole or whatever. So um, a lot of the times when I talk to people, (laughs) I tend to drift off, bro. I don't do it on purpose, but I just know it's my ADD. But I've noticed with like the fasting, uh, doing the green juices, doing the cardio and the working out like i'm i'm just laser like i noticed i don't know if i hadn't paid attention to it before but during this interview i i've been lasered in yeah because you even went to, back to the topic that we were talking about like we we went off subject and it went to answer your question that's a very that's a very powerful thing yeah, i noticed yeah. that yeah, I, I I didn't know I did that, but thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed those other things, man. Um, yeah. So so uh, so yeah, man. It, it's the 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 mental clarity and everything. It's it's just it's through the roof, and and uh, I won't have to do cocaine anymore. <laughs> no do, more cocaine, man. No it's more a good co- thing. <laughs> no more cocaine, man. I I used to do. I do, and I, I didn't use it just for recreational purposes. It's just, believe it or not, uh, cocaine makes you focus, sometimes too focused, but it, it, it works. Yeah. It, it works. I don't condone the use of cocaine. <laughs> I'm just saying. Just an um, observation for yeah. the world, man. Yeah. Hey, Freddie, I'd love to thank you for coming on the podcast, hey, man. man. Thank you for your time, I, bro. I love, this was fun. This was, this was really fun, man. I hope it's... It's not the the first and the only, so... Absolutely not. I'd love to have you back. I had a great time, bro. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Guys, we'll see you on the next sesh. Peace.